Welcome to the Giving Light Devotional Podcast. Giving Light is a local church and global equipping center based in the beautiful countryside of central Pennsylvania. This podcast is meant to be encouraging and thought-provoking devotional to empower you in your walk with God and others. You're listening to episode nine of the Giving Light Devotional Podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening and taking your time out of your day. Your support, your partnership are much appreciated. As always, check out our free resource page where you can find scriptures, questions, music, prayers that are tailor-made for each episode, and you can find that link in the show notes. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the other episodes in this series, I encourage you to do so. Part 1, Episode 7 of this series, I laid a foundation so that biblical faith could be understood and established within us. I built upon that foundation in the following episode where I taught on how faith is an issue of the heart, not just a mental agreement of God's Word. Now, today's episode, I want to talk about how we receive and grow in faith, and then I'll end it with giving you three habits that you can do to steward the revelation that you've been given. Let's get right into it. Romans 10:17 So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are three consecutive stages to receiving faith. The first and most important stage is God's word. God's word is the only source for true biblical faith and it's the only thing that validates and releases power into my circumstance. True biblical faith can only agree with God's word. Let me give you a good rule of thumb. If you can't find it in God's word, it's not faith, at least not the type of faith that is backed by the power of heaven. So the first stage in receiving faith is connecting to its source, which is God's word. The second stage is hearing God's word. What does Romans ten seventeen say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, hearing in this context is described as an attitude of awakened interest and attention, a sincere desire to receive and to understand the message presented. You see, God's Word does not immediately produce faith, but it starts with hearing. Now, hearing in this context is not just talking about using one of your five senses. How many of you know that your kids may hear you, but they may not be interested in what you're saying? So the type of hearing that this verse is talking about is a combination of awareness, awareness that God is speaking, and also interest, desire, and surrender to it. You see, without awareness and interest, what we hear will never turn into faith. For God's word to turn into faith, it cannot remain in the soul as a mental agreement. It must be established within our hearts for it to produce true biblical faith. Remember, faith is an issue of the heart not just of the soul. And there comes a point within every person's life that they have to make a decision. Do I believe God's word just because I've been told to or because it's been preached? Or do I actually believe it from my heart? It's one thing to agree in our mind merely as a theory or an idea. It's quite another thing to believe with the heart that responds with action. You see, faith is established within the heart when we believe it, which is the final stage of receiving faith. To believe 
is actually the expression of faith. Faith that is established within the heart demonstrates it. Romans 10, 17, this is out of the Passion Translation. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Faith is initially received by the soul by the hearing of God's word, and then is expressed by the active response of claiming the fulfillment of that which God has said. You can see this truth when the Virgin Mary exercised this kind of faith when she responded to the word of the Lord. You can find that in Luke 1.38. What's her response? She said, let it be to me according to your word. You see, confession is the first manifestation of faith that is being established in the heart. Confession is not a ritualistic step. It's a result. It is the consequence. It is the effect of believing from the heart. Let's go a little deeper into how we receive faith by hearing God's word. You see, it wouldn't be possible without the work of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word or the rhema of God. The rhema word of God is a living voice speaking directly to me. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, apart from the Holy Spirit, there can be no faith. You can think of the rhema word of God as the quickened word or the word that comes alive within you. I would say most of you could relate to this, but you've read a scripture verse a thousand times and there's one time where it sticks out to you. It becomes alive within you. It becomes quickened within you. Well, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's how faith comes, by hearing the rhema word of God. In the original Greek, there are two different words that are normally translated as word. One is logos, and the other is rhema, which we briefly talked about. The Greek word logos means more than just the written word. Logos deals with who God is, his thoughts, his character, his nature, his wisdom, his counsel. The logos was before time, before the manifestation of the written word. The written word of God is a picture of the Logos. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So in the beginning was the nature, the character, the counsel of God. John 1, 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. When it says the Word or the Logos became flesh, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the physical manifestation of God's thoughts, character, nature, counsel, wisdom. So Jesus was the physical manifestation of the eternal Logos. In this sense, the Logos is the unchanging Word of God, settled in eternity before time and will remain after time runs its course. Nothing that happens on earth can ever affect or change this Word that is eternal in heaven. This goes back to a question that I posed in a previous episode. Which reality will I identify with? Will I identify with a reality that is very tangible but demands that I find a solution on my own strength? Or will I identify with heaven's reality that is yet to be manifested? 
will I believe that which is temporal or that which is eternal? The Logos is the unchanging eternal word of God. So the rhema is the way that the Holy Spirit brings a portion of the Logos down out of eternity and relates it to time and human experience. The Logos is too vast and too complex for me to comprehend or conform to in its totality. So it's through the rhema word of God, that quickened word of God, that the Logos is applied to my life and thus becomes specific and personal in my experience. The rhema takes the eternal Logos and injects it into time. Rhema takes the heavenly Logos and brings it down to earth. Rhema takes the potential Logos and makes it actual. Rhema takes the general Logos and makes it specific. So how does faith come? We must hear and respond to the rhema word of God, that quickened word, that word that comes alive within us. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word or the rhema of God. So this is why we can't boast in our faith, because it's actually the work of the Holy Spirit within us. It is his voice and our response to the quickened word that produces faith. Let's go over a quick review of the stages of establishing faith within our heart. The first one is knowing the source of our faith, which is the word of God. The second is hearing with an awareness that God is speaking and having interest and desire for it. And the third is believing and acting upon the quickened word of God. And that basically means that if his word says it, then I believe it by acting upon it. Now that we know how faith comes, how then do we grow and mature our faith? Romans 1.17 The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe, and it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. So the gospel is unveiled in such a way that awakens more faith. So as the truth of Christ and the gospel are revealed, it awakens more faith. As the character and his nature are revealed, it awakens more faith. As his word comes alive within us through the work of the Holy Spirit, it awakens more faith. When we can see the realities of his kingdom, it awakens more faith. When we see from heaven's perspective, it awakens more faith. So our faith will mature, it will develop, and it will grow as God is revealed. Revelation is the catalyst for us to go from faith to faith. And it's only through intimacy and application that our faith can grow and mature. So as he is revealed, our faith will grow, but it's growing not just because we understand it in our mind, it's growing because we are applying it to our life. So it's through the intimacy with God that he is revealed, but then it's also through our application that our faith can go from faith to faith. So it's revelation, faith revelation, faith, but application is also in that equation as well, because it's not just a mental agreement that produces faith. It's actually us responding to the word that we have with inside of us. What does this look like practically? Now, I want to give you three habits every believer can do to steward the revelation they receive. The first thing that you can do is think it. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. 
Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you've died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So this goes back to this main question that I've been asking throughout this series. Which reality will I identify with? Will I identify with heaven's reality or the very tangible reality of my circumstance? But Paul clearly instructs us to think on the things of heaven because this is where your real life is hidden. Now, when I tell you to think, I'm not telling you to have a thought. I'm talking about meditating on his word with awareness and interest. See, a lot of people think of meditation in a new age context where the goal is to empty one's mind. But meditating on God's word is quite the opposite. To meditate on God's word is to fill your mind, not empty it. What's inside of you should never surprise you. Why? Because you have the privilege and the responsibility to guard your vessel. And everything you do flows from it. So the first habit that you need to develop if you're going to steward the revelation that you receive is to think it or to meditate upon it. The second is to say it. The word echo means a close parallel or repetition of an idea, feeling, style, or event. Synonyms would be mirror image, duplicate, lookalike, spitting image, dead ringer. It also means to be repeated or reverberated after the original sound has stopped. What did Paul command us to do? To set our sights on heaven. So when God says, I am with you, we need to echo this reality. So when he says, I am with you, we need to say, he is with me. He is with me. When he says, I love you, we can say, I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm accepted. He says that you're chosen. We can say he's got my back. He'll never leave me. You see, many times we're waiting for God to speak when God is waiting for us to reverberate what he's already said. Where many of us get this all wrong is where we believe we have to manufacture a response instead of identifying with what he's already said. goes back to that original question, which reality will I identify with? Now, I know some people struggle with this because they say that they feel fake when they say things about themselves that they're not actually currently feeling or experiencing, and they're saying, well, I don't feel genuine about it, which I think is a fair statement, but my only issue with that train of thought is that you're denying God's creative power in your life. Genesis 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So there's two realities happening here. One is the thoughts and the purposes of God, which is the Logos. And the other reality is that it was formless, it was empty, and there was darkness. But what changed? God spoke. So when we partner with God and say the things that he's saying, we are partnering with his word that actually has the creative power to affect transformation in our lives. So the challenge is, will I echo his feelings when I don't feel it? Will I echo his thoughts 
when I'm not thinking what he thinks? Will I echo his desires when my desires are out of whack? When I do that, I'm partnering with his power to bring transformation. Like Paul said, set your sights on the realities of heaven. John 5:19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Let's look at an example how this was manifested. I'm sure most of you remember the story where Jesus was in the middle of a storm, but he was sleeping. So what does this tell us about Jesus? You see, Jesus' external reality did not interfere with his internal peace. But what does this tell us about God the Father? God the Father was at peace, which Jesus expressed. You see, we can partner with the creative power of the Holy Spirit when we echo his reality. Remember, before God spoke, it was formless, it was void, it was dark. That was the natural reality. But which reality will we identify with? Will we identify with what is tangible or with what God has said or is saying? See, faith is not a spiritual act that we hope moves God to action. Faith is simply partnering with what he is doing and saying. Are we echoing his perception? Are we echoing his attitude? Are we echoing his desire and his word? When we partner with what he's saying, we allow access to the creative power of God to change our internal and external reality. How do we steward the revelation we receive? The first is we need to think it. The second is we need to say it. And the third thing is we need to demonstrate it. John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So being in him is not solely in the realm of the abstract. To say that I am in him bears the fruit of it. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So it would be a partial truth to believe that the fruit of the Spirit only refers to our internal reality. Now in verse 24, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I love this verse from the message. It says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts but work out its implication in every detail of our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is not solely meant to be a feeling or emotion that we hold in our hearts, but rather it demands a practical expression. What does verse 25 say? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You've just finished part three of this five-part series on faith. Now, I firmly believe that if he called us to a life of faith, he created us with the capacity to walk it out. I hope you've been encouraged by today's episode, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Devotional Podcast. Find more episodes, including notes and questions to further enrich your devotional life at givinglight.org slash devotional podcast. 
join our community and conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash giving life devotional podcast.